The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. All right, good day. How are you? What a glorious day it is. Jesus is alive and our sins are forgiven. And we walk happily and wait for our opportunity to join him in heaven forever and ever. Amen. My guest host is back from vacation. Uh, Delmar Austin, Pastor Delmar Austin is in the house. Wanted to remind you that if you come, if you look upon the screen that we have, uh, and everything but the radio should uh, show the screen, you will notice that we have added one, two, three, four, five, uh, we've added about 12 new places. And that is due to Garth. He gets all the, he gets all the credit for that. Certainly doesn't come from me. And uh, one of the places that we're going to be on is Roku. Uh, we are going to get our, we have our own channel now on Roku, but it's not up and running yet takes about 30 days to do everything we need to do, but very soon we'll have a channel. Uh, it's a channel that I had for years on Roku called Webcast One Live, and that will include uh, this show, uh, A View from a Pew, um, some other pastors or church or faith-based uh, might come on. I don't know how many sub-channels we'll have yet. Uh, it's kind of depending on who wants to get involved, but soon... You'll be able to keep us uh, on all the time. Well, that'd probably kill you. Uh, a lot of the time on Roku. So looking forward to that. All right. So after uh, getting back from a little vacation. A working uh, vacation. Yeah, because you went up to the place I, that you used to serve. Where I used to pastor, that's right, up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, uh, had a weekend presentations. I did three different presentations. Saw a lot of people. Actually ministered to some people there, uh, so it's a good experience. And the car ride was fun. That was a long ride, but yeah. we did it. Good. Well, uh, so one of the things that we've kind of been doing on this program that is uh, rather new, and that is answer this question: What does the Bible say about sin? What does the Bible say about sin? And that'll be our program every day this week. So we invite you, and we'll turn it over to Pastor Austin and see where this takes us. Okay, a pretty heavy discussion today about sin. And throughout this week, we're going to talk about it. When I was a seminary student uh, many moons ago, I started buying a set of books that were written by the theologian of the Reformed Church in the Netherlands. His name is G.C. Burkauer. Okay. He wrote many uh, well w biblical books, well-written books, uh, about different theological topics from the Bible. He wrote the book General Revelation, The Person of Christ, The Holy Scriptures, and I could go on and on. I, I bought those as part of my library because I thought he was such a good theologian. The biggest book of all the books that he wrote was the book about, guess what? Sin. Sin, exactly. That's right. 
Sin is a big issue. Sin is the original elephant in the room, okay? Sin needs to be dealt with. Uh, Sin is like the Greek mythological story. Pandora opens the box. Something clearly has gone wrong in this world, and we need to have a real clear and complete understanding of what uh, sin is all about, and so therefore we're going to talk about it this week. Mac, I like to jog. I was jogging over a week ago uh, over in Chalco Hills here in Omaha, and uh, I'm uh, jogging along. I come across a young doe and her fawn. They run in front of me. They're beautiful animals. It's perfect morning out there. So we're going to have some deer jerky? <laughs> well, it was, it was such a beautiful thing, and I thought how nice it is that these deer can run free and don't have to worry about hunters coming I after see. them. Okay. So nice. Okay, a couple days later, back, same place in the pathway, running along. Guess what I find? Different parts of a fawn carcass. Oh, no. Yeah, it was probably coyotes. Maybe it was wild dogs. I don't know what it was. But it is a lesson about sin. Sin has infected this world. Sin has affected our lives. And we need to understand about sin. We need to understand clearly what the Bible teaches about sin. So to start off... We need to emphasize the point that the Bible makes that sin leads to death. Sin leads to death. Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verses 16 and 17, this is the creation story, okay? God creates man and woman, then he's got some things to tell them, and he tells them this. This is one of the most important things he shares with them. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall what? Die. Surely die. You shall surely die. That's right. God made it out there real plain, real clear. Man was created with conditional immortality. Now, what kind of theological uh, statement is that? It means that he was created not to die. He was created to have immortality, but it was conditional that he follow God and that he obey God. And when he chose not to, God said, this will end in death. And the very day that he broke God's command he started dying. And no, you know, he didn't die that very day, but the whole process of death entered into this world. Sin leads to death. God creates life, not death. He gives us the wonderful gift of life, and uh, sin works against that life. And God does not want to immortalize sin and sinful ways And so man loses the conditional immortality that he has, and he begins to die that day. I used to give uh, stop smoking plans. 
years ago, I used to help out with a project to help people who wanted to stop smoking. It was called the five-day plan to stop smoking. And people would come and we would basically explain clearly and graphically what happens when you smoke over a period of time. We had films like I Am Joe's Heart, I Am Joe's Lung. <laughs> we showed them those films. And you see that five days in a row, that gives you some motivation to, well, maybe this is not so good for my body. Yeah. And, Mac, unfortunately, I have put people in the ground. I have done the funeral services mm-hmm. of a good number of people who just would not or could not stop smoking. And they ended up with almost always lung cancer. Now, you just used two words. What is the most operative word? Uh, Won't or can't stop smoking? Well, smoking is a real addiction. It's a greater chemical addiction than than some of the harder drugs sometimes. Yeah. Um, We would, we also had, we not only told people what was wrong, you know, what was, what it was doing to their bodies. We also told people how to stop. One of the easiest ways to stop is to go cold turkey. Yeah. Because you want to get the the nicotine out of your body as quickly yeah. as possible. Because it craves that Because nicotine. That's right. And uh, so anyway, we, we told people, but it's still difficult. I had a person go into the hospital one time just because of the reaction of not having that daily oh, pumping yeah. of nicotine into yeah. their body. Um, all right. So uh, smoking is obviously a sin because it's not taking care of the temple. Right. But there's a lot of things that are sin, and all of us are affected. Sin is, you know, is, is a pretty big issue. But the Bible wants us to know because God gave us life. He gave us the greatest gift of life, and he wants us to know sin leads to death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We want eternal life. We want this life. This life is imperfect. We still like life. It's better than the other option. Yes. The other option is sin, is death. We don't want that to happen. We have to realize this is serious stuff that we are playing around with. Okay, so my, my question to you throughout this week will be, and I'm, I'm, I'm just being a devil's advocate here. Oh, maybe that's the wrong term to use. I'm just trying to be a, a, the other side's advocate. Because what I've learned since Jesus mugged me was that once I accept him, the only thing I can do to lose my salvation is to deny him. And even then, I would say if someone denies them in anger because of something that's happened and they want to blame God, he knows your heart and probably that tomorrow you won't be that way. Excuse me, be that way. And I know what Paul said in Romans. Well, if this is okay, then I'll just keep sinning. No, 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 you can't. But that's one of the questions that I have that I'd like us to approach sometime this week. Well, there is a lot of assurance that we find in the Bible about salvation. Uh, At the same time, God does not uh, force you into being saved. You have a choice to choose him or to turn away from him. Uh, as we struggle with sin in our lives, we will find, in fact, the closer we get to Christ, the more we see sin in our life. 
a lot of times we're kind of blinded to it because we're so used to sin. But as we get closer to Jesus Christ, we begin to realize, hey, we're worse than we thought. We knew we were a sinner, but boy, this stuff is pretty bad. But God gives us assurance he will continue to work in our lives and help us reach the point that he wants us to reach. But it's not by sanctification that I'm saved. It is through what he did, what Jesus did on the cross, that I am saved. So I have to keep all of that in focus as I I think in terms of dealing with the sin that's in my life. Delmar Austin is my co-host today. As always, you're listening to The View from a Pew here on your local radio station as well as um, just about every place you can get uh, podcasts. And during... Let me share, Mac, if I can interrupt you sure, real go ahead. quickly before we get we grow, go out of time here. But uh, a real quick little story. I took some uh, students one time to a reptile gardens. At the reptile gardens, the people are handling poisonous snakes. Ooh. Very dangerous. Yeah. I asked the question. I says, what will happen if at one time one of those poisonous snakes bites you? They say the question is not if, but when. Ooh. If you handle poisonous snakes, eventually they're going to bite you. Right. And you got to have, you know, I have to be prepared for it. That's the same with sin. All right. We are going to return uh, uh, this coming Wednesday. Tomorrow, of course, is Theo and the Roman Road. So we appreciate you listening to The View from a Pew. want to thank DivineTruthChristian.com for the sponsorship and anything you would ever, ever want uh, for a gift or whatever that is Christ in the middle, you can order it from them online at DivineTruthChristian.com. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.